Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Back after a little hiatus, lots of fantasy stuff happened, a little bit of baseball happened. So today we're going to talk about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And we'll also talk a little bit about our plans for this year and finishing out Season 3. Here we go. Okay, I have a very rough outline for you here of things okay. that I wanted to discuss related to The Rise of Skywalker. And then I think we'll just sort of see where it goes. You've, okay. you've seen this, right? I have seen it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of sad, but it feels like we've gotten to the point where Star Wars content is no longer the most necessary thing to see. That is a really good point and very true. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I mean, even this coming out, it was like, oh, yeah, there's a Star Wars movie coming out this year. Oh, a real one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Exactly. I, I don't know what to make of that. And so my first question for you is, what is the right number of times to see this movie in theaters? And I can't believe I even have to ask this question. There's never. I, I mean, I'm sort of of the opinion that it has to take an amazing movie to need to go more than two times. This is not an amazing movie. I, I completely agree. I think that in the past, I've been so excited by the addition of Star Wars material to the canon mm-hmm. that I would want to see mm-hmm. it so I actually knew it was going on. Yeah. <laughs> and right now, I don't care because I'm not 100% sure that I want all of the things that happened in this movie <laughs> to be in my life. Yes. Yes. Yes, very true. Yeah. I don't feel like I I don't feel like I need to know it as well. I mean, yeah. the rug has already been pulled out from underneath me. And none of these movies feel like well, we're, I don't want to get too far into it, but none of these movies feel so canonized that I need to. I agree with that. I think it's it's interesting, but I think if I were to make a super hot take, episodes 7, 8, and 9 could be disavowed at some future point. Could be. I mean, the hot take would be to say that they will be disavowed in the next decade. Over this decade. Over this wow, decade. they all got released before the raging 20s. They made it. I. That's an interesting question. I Because one of the complaints that people have sort of had about this movie, and I, I really, I want us to be a little bit more nuanced in our complaints and not just attack Let's, this movie directly. We, are we going to have a complaint section? I don't see a, a specific complaint we should, section, which I, we might as well. Well, I think I struggled to find things that weren't, necessarily complaints <laughs> okay all right all right so we're sprinkling through. yeah well all right, i would it. say that there was so much laid out in episode seven and eight that was looking for a resolution in episode nine and then the minute the crawl hits it turns out that they wanted episode seven and eight to be something completely different <laughs> than they were yeah like the first yeah. sentence of the crawl right like about the emperor like 
whoa, hold on. Didn't we just, oh. <laughs> didn't we just have two movies without this guy? Like, what happened? Well, hello now. Yeah, so really we only have we only have two mo- one movie without the emperor. Uh, two, I guess, if you count Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. Yeah, I don't think you can count. Oh man, yeah, that's a good. I don't think you can count Empire. That, yeah, it's it's weird. I that to me is immediately why this could get decanonized is because the big resolution is to have this actually be the Palpatine saga. <laughs> yeah, and he's not so multifaceted that that's he's a good foil he's not like he's not he's a good foil he's pure evil there's some yep. layers to it that's kind of fun but i mean he's not he shouldn't have made a whole movie where he's like back he's an excellent foil he's not well he's not fully well developed enough to be to be the centerpiece i think if you had viewed this as the key part of seven, eight, and nine before you made one, two, and three, you could have done this because you could have made you could have made Palpatine sort of be about the like the pursuit of knowledge then corrupted or something, right? You could make you could make something where it's a where it is a whole motivating thing. But as it is now, Episode it's just like zero. You mean what, Python indexing? Yeah, py- yeah. Sorry, excuse me, but. Now it's just like this dude's evil. He's just straight up evil. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. okay, all right, I guess, sure, I'll buy it. Don't like it. This is gonna get real. This is gonna be a complaint fest really fast. When we go into this plot points, yeah, let's go into plot points. Okay, this is actually um, a backhanded compliment, which is that when I read the plot points on Wikipedia, I didn't think this movie sounds ridiculous. I actually thought, okay, these things happened. I, yeah, I, I sat through it. This, this <laughs> happened. Um, I I made this statement to a, a league member uh, that what I thought was interesting is if you look at the prequels, just bullet point it, flow chart it. Kind of an interesting story, you know. Mm-hmm. Just in the in the just you know real summarization, like kind of an interesting story. That when you look at it, you're like. Did you take more than one take on any of this? <laughs> Did you think about whether any of these characters were going to be meaningful? Like, what happened after that? After Lucas sketched out what the story was? Why did it suck? Whereas these, um, they look incredible. That movie looked incredible. I got to be honest. That was like one of the things that, like, just watching mm. everything, it was like, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see the top someone land on a on a star destroyer. Yes. Yeah. Please sign me up. <laughs> uh, I mean, the lightsaber battles were pretty cool. Did I want to see whether the um star uh the um Death Star I wanted to say star destroyer. The Death Star was in fact on Endor. Yeah. Yes, I did want to see that. You know, and did they do it really well? Yeah. He looks great. But then once you like once you bullet out the whole story of all three movies, you're like, what? Exactly. Exactly. What? There's why? This is a bunch of really cool individual ideas that together you're like, why the fuck? Yeah, there's no through line in the in the trilogy. And 
you're right that when you see each one of these, and this is actually the biggest redeeming quality of the movie, is that it looks really good. <laughs> like it's a really yeah, it looks great. It's a really fun watch. Like it's really it was really easy to lose yourself in the movie and just be like, whoa, like I'm at a Star Wars movie. But yeah, I mean, last two movies as well. Yes. Last two movies, yep. you could be sitting there yep. and could be like, yeah, this is mostly Star Wars. That Ragnar or whatever the hell they were, the um. You know, there are a couple of scenes where you're like, this is not Star Wars, yeah. but all right, fine. I'm here. I'm Was here. I'm here. And then there's like. <laughs> yeah. That was one where I was like, uh, hold on a second. We we got a little. Did too we much, have to? A little too much Avatar going on in this. Little, yeah. No, the, a lot of that. It's like, okay, well, if this was Star Trek, that'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great. If this was. That's a great point. But there, there were so many like really classic Star Wars trappings. Another thought, uh, remember we when we were talking about Star Wars before and I was complaining about how many planets we'd been to. This is an old discussion. And then we get yeah. into this movie and we promptly have five, count them, five new planets. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is exactly what I was worried about happening and then it happens. <laughs> like, stop doing yeah. this to me. Too much. Too much, guys. In the last movie, they were flirting with it and then and we were talking about that and then they decided, no. More. Yeah, double down. Okay, positive notes. I liked Exegol as a setting. Interesting. The thing that I really liked about it was the Sith Wayfinders. That was like, that's if you're going to add one new super canon thing, I'm way into Wayfinders. That's great. Wayfinder is fine. I kinda, Yeah, I do kind of like that. I don't know how you're... I mean, that didn't look like your typical USB port. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you d- definitely need a specialized port for that. What? what how does a TIE fighter have a port I like that? I don't know, but we can't have enough good... We can't have a good thing without having bad things, which is, how does this ancient dagger know about the structure of the Death Star? This ancient dagger. So, was it clearly not an ancient dagger? Is that the point? Even if it's not an ancient dagger... Who made it? Yeah. Like, okay, so this had to be made in the last 30 years because otherwise it can't. Right. Otherwise it can't do this. Who who made it? Did, I guess, I guess that we'll have to learn in the novelization, which we'll get to in a minute, that Palpatine made it himself. Only one who would know the contents of the vault. <laughs> I, I, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. I had tried to skip over that piece of it of like thinking like, oh no, they, it's not ancient. It's though I also don't understand why it's like the Sith, um, you know, whatever the uh, Jedi hunter guy. Yeah, they make it sound like he was there. I don't think they really understood the time scale that we're working. I in. was really yeah. I I I don't know. That was like it's pretty killer. That was like my one nerd thing that really got to me. <laughs> I did not like Exegol. I did not like really mostly because if this was Lucas, he would have said. And they he listened to any of the expanded university. Just kind of said, "Okay, go for it, guys." It would have been Yavin Four. I also, I also accept that. I think I just sort of liked the, I liked the artistry, and I liked that you had to be told how to get there. I'm always kind of a sucker for things like that. Agreed with that. Yeah, agreed. Wouldn't it have been more hilarious though if the Wayfinder went right back to Yavin? Yes. <laughs> Strongly agree. <laughs> like, huh? Weird. We're just here. Yeah, I I sort of, and I honestly, I could leave any of the other planets that they went to. Like, I didn't really need any of those. I feel like at this point, every planet was a duplicate in some way of a planet we've already seen. 
Like, mm-hmm. you don't need another desert like planet. Like that one at the end. That tattooing place at the end. <laughs> yeah, but but the, we actually, we went to another desert planet. And I was like, this is fine. Like, I know. Just put it on the backside of tattooing. How crazy would that have been? <laughs> I know. Well, you have this. It's a mix of, like, there was a, it was a lot of complaints in um, about the prequels that they were, especially the first one that was going back to the worlds that we knew. Well, I, like I guess that. it was only one world that we knew uh, in tattooing. I liked that. So Palpatine got around. I mean, he did, and uh, they 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 show Ray's parents, right? Like you see, a, you see an image of Ray's parents. So not into it. I I am actually still open minded. I would like to know more. I'd like to see how they work their way out of this corner, this unforced error corner that they stuffed themselves into. Like what? How old is Daisy Ridley right now? I think she's like 24 again. or 25. So she was born. Wait, she has to be older than that. No. Yeah. 24, 25. I mean, but we're supposed to essentially say that in the first movie, she was 17. I feel sure. Like. That's so fine. it's, Five years later. Yeah, so say she's 25. Let's just loosely say that she's 25. So so how old are the parents then? Well, that's the thing, is that the the parents were kicking around somewhere during 4, 5, 6, right? Yeah. That's the piece that I feel really bad for whatever person got tasked with the novelization of this that is like, why did you give me this to deal with? (laughs) So are they on Naboo? Or are they on Coruscant? See, see that's, that's the, the thing that question. I think they're on Naboo. That's the thing that actually sort of works is that, like, in theory, he had a normal life before he outed himself. <laughs> but also, are we talking? Okay. Where is Amy Klobuchar? Where was she born? Minnesota? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I, I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question. I mean, you have probably started to surmise where I'm going with this. She, (laughs) you're like, no, I I don't, I don't know yet. Born in Plymouth, Minnesota. Amy is a Minnesotan. Palpatine. As we like realize that he's like a real human being who, you know, might've gotten laid. Is he, that like grounds it more in, is he from Naboo? Like, you would assume that the senator of Yeah, that... he's from Naboo, for sure. He's from Naboo? For sure. So why is Naboo, like, so evil? Why Why is it the hotbed no, of evil? No, that's... And then see, all that's sudden... what I'm saying, is that this should have been a story about, like, he was way too obsessed with knowledge, and then he got corrupted. Like, he's... First of all... I know. Not... I, I would be more interested in knowing... Yeah. He's not... In knowing more He's about not him. young when we meet him in episode one. So, like, also he's Scottish, which is great. But he's not young when we meet him in episode one. So, like, there's so much room for a backstory there, which presumably is why they were like, all right, we should make this other crazy thing happen. Yeah. But so somebody now has to make that. And I would guess that somebody was somebody out there has proposed making that movie. <laughs> The well, not if it was loudly rejected. Loudly rejected by who? Disney doesn't care. Those make it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. 
I, I mean, I, I just don't know. Yeah. Why, I mean, like that was the one thing that the last movie had going for it. The one thing that I liked in the last movie, you know, other than the lightsaber duels and getting rid of Snoke, who I did not like, was she was totally love new. that yep. totally new, independent. Nope. No, cool. I completely agree with that, and that that should have been what was kept. And you know, people have been frustrated online about there was like a really good moral slash metaphor that was thrown away in this, which is that, you know, like you can't, you could come from nothing. Right. But then they're like, you could come from actually nothing you can't <laughs> actually no, no, I don't like it. No, I, I agree. I, do, I dislike that too. The other thing is that I am just now I'm mad that we had to sit through two movies of Snoke. Because I never found Snoke compelling. I didn't find Snoke compelling in episode seven. No. Especially once you saw him. I thought, well, so kind of the opposite. In episode seven, I was like, okay, cool. He's just like this guy who's out there kind of like in in, um, Empire Strikes Back. But that ended up being worse once you actually saw him. You're like, oh, who is this guy? Where did this guy come from? Yeah, I, right? Totally, totally agree, which... And now we know where he came from. He was the apprentice of Palpatine while he was like... I thought Palpatine made him, like made him raw. In the hospital? Really? I thought so. Because you, on Exegol, you see like all the proto-Snokes in a vat. Oh. See, that is like what... <sighs> like why? I don't know. Because they backed themselves into a corner. I mean, this again is like... The novelization's gonna have to do some heavy lifting. Man, it is. It is kind of too bad. Like there, too, there have been too many movies. There has been like too much content shoved at us, and it goes against a lot of things that we sort of knew, sort of understood. Yep, I totally agree. So, my last question for you, and then. I'm sure we'll talk about this off and on for several years, but are are you willing to read a novel adaptation? I mean, listeners know how much I am against the books now. I know that you had invested so heavily in the extended universe and then only to be just totally trashed. Um, I might have I might have to read the novelizations of the three as well as I'm like I was given um, some Legends of Luke Skywalker book that I might have to, I think I'll just, I'll have to read that and then see how I feel about reading anything more. Okay. (sighs) Stay tuned for that. I have a question for you, though. The kiss. Man, we almost made it without talking about it. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to discuss resurrection at all because that just shouldn't exist in this universe. Okay, totally agree. But there was a kiss. Just let's let's okay. not. All right, it doesn't have to be contextualized. That taken much. on face value, I don't like it. Taken on face value, don't like it. It's just it was just created in the internet. Oh, there's no oh. there is no reason. That that should have happened. Agree and disagree. Agree because 
we didn't like we didn't really have enough of a story that felt like you're kind of throwing something against the Mm -hmm. wall there which if that was the story and i can see where the story would be really really good where it's Mm -hmm. like you know this guy who is the son of han solo known flyboy playboy whatever you want grandson of anakin skywalker who even as a jedi knight couldn't keep in his pants Mm -hmm. you know so libido runs strong in this boy and to say okay he does like the whole reason that he doesn't really want to be a sith or a jedi is like because like okay i I don't he doesn't really think that he he loves too much which is both sides Mm -hmm. are against love right if they had built that up as like a real story over three movies, great. like his obsession in like a positive way was Ray. And he was like in love with her from afar or whatever. Fine. I'm totally into that. Up into that point, they never addressed yep. that as like an exactly. opportunity of either one. I agree. No, I'm, I'm with you. That's that I think is my complaint too, is that, there's so much potential there for this to have been good that to then tack it on and just say, I don't know, fill in the rest before this and just assume you assume that we did it right. <laughs> you is, decide. Is we have so much of showing, not telling. Yeah. We Well, we have so much telling to reinforce showing, I guess, in these three movies. Right. That yeah. it then is inappropriate yeah it's i i think the thing that i sort of pushed back on it again is the same reason that i pushed back on ray being a palpatine in general like if she's coming from nothing you've got a great metaphor great moral there great if there's no love story at all in seven eight nine that's great because you don't you don't have to fall into any tropes like this is a new thing you're doing something new but instead they're just like i don't know just tack on this trope at the end it'll be fine like this movie has to end with a kiss. We're good. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it would have been more powerful as a hug. Yeah. In the story that they've yeah, created. That's actually true. Of like these are siblings who are not siblings. Yeah. You know, which is the way they played it this entire time. Yeah, no, they they played see, I liked <laughs> that they played up the connection. I would have liked for the connection to have remained platonic. <laughs> yep. And I did not need to see that connection. Yeah. There were so many tropes. They were, they're bringing in so much fantasy and cause you know, you and I kind of see, we see fantasy, we see science fiction and we see comic book. Like I kind of, mm. I don't know if yeah. I'm over speaking for you, but I think we kind of characterize these things in this direction and, Star Wars is largely science fiction with some fantasy in it. And we have gone into the comic book world way too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, your your point about the marvelization of Star Wars is is really well taken. Which they didn't... I mean, it's the um, Breaking Bad. It's the half measure. Yeah, yeah. You need a full measure or you need, yeah. you need to we've just We've just come so just... far from the, you know, me in third grade drawing every star wars ship that existed in four five and six which you could do because you only had to remember 10 (laughs) you know right (laughs) 
Why are you including speeders? No, no, that's not including speeders. I'm I'm space. I was D14 really. Sky. I'm really space. D14 I'm really space going Sky only. Okay. Like I want to be okay. able to make sure that when I watch yeah. four or five and six, I can ID the rebel ships. It still is like when I watch when I watch nine and I see a ship that I don't recognize, I'm just viscerally angry. Like, what is that ship? I, same, yeah. And we had a lot of that. In we that had a ton. Sky Stop modifying these. Like, give me the stock ones that they made. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sure we're not done with those thoughts, but that was a good good primer on this. <laughs> good primer. <laughs> you want to talk some baseball? Let's talk some baseball. A little bit of baseball. It's actually a little bit more programming, you know, since this is a good good time for us while we're on the phone to do some of our brainstorming here. I actually am not sick of working on the 2020 projection system. And so I'm curious about what you would like to see before the season. (laughs) do Do you want the exact same thing that we did last year, which was to put up the sortable tables online? Or do we want to make a different product? Do you think that that's good? And do you think that people actually can use that? Well, the big hang-up and the thing that we actually, if we wanted to create new work over the next six weeks, the thing that we actually need is we need to figure out how to take statistical projections and turn them into a draft order. Oh, right, right. Okay, yep. That's the thing that we're missing. And that's, that's because... That's the thing that drove us nuts last year. Our projections are pretty good. We know how to make them better. After writing this paper, we actually really know what we have to do to make them better, and we can do that. But mm-hmm. the thing that we didn't address at all in this paper, that we frankly did not think about at all, and you just or you no know, crushed me over, rightly, <laughs> was the rankings were terrible. I would love to see a, a, a web page, and I've done, I, I was involved in a project that did this before. Where we have a web page and it has like the regular setting where even weights across all scoring mm-hmm. stats, and you're able to say these are the these are the ten, or these are the five scoring stats that I'm using, up to ten or something like that. I don't know whatever other ones we think might like. If we wanted to have OBP sure. in there, but right, whatever. Um, and then. So on off. So let's say you just have runs, home runs, stolen bases. Okay. Runs, home runs, stolen bases. So you have those three. You've just selected those. And then you could tweak it so you could be like, I want to prioritize stolen bases. Yeah. I want to have slightly less right. on home runs. And then so then you'd be able to weight that. And then those weights would be able to then weight the projections. <laughs> That, I think, is pretty straightforward. One of the bigger difficulties might be, should we should we try and put pitchers and hitters on the same footing? Because I really struggled with that last year, and that's what took a ton of the tuning effort, was actually making a draft order means you tell me what number I should draft a pitcher. You know, like, okay, mm-hmm. actually draft Max Scherzer 10. <laughs> like... Is is that when I should yeah. do it? Then how how do you actually balance those two stats that that don't have anything to do with each other? So, well, that's where we have to get back to this. We have to get back to faux yes. war, and yep. we have to fantasy war wins above replacements, and we have to actually say we have to actually add it in. But then I guess that means that we don't just have those tickers across the top with like a default setting. We'd also have to have 
league roster type. Right. And so this that's partly why I'm saying that this is actually a not small project, but it's important. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't I wasn't saying that I thought it was Well let me just tell you Don't while you we're while we're talking about this and we'll come back to this this in a second. We've got today's recording and then we've got five more by my estimation until the end of season three. Okay. So And two more before we hear about Sloan. Um up to up to three more because we, in theory, would be recording 3.47 on January 28th. Mm-hmm. Okay. With the idea that we start season four on the 18th of February. So the other thing that I was going right. to say, so okay. I, I think we should work on the projection system, blah, blah, blah. That we've sort of just kicked around a bunch of stuff. The other thing is I'm wondering what retrospectives we should do from season three. And I'm thinking about this because, you know, we just finished the end of 2019. So everyone in the world was just doing their retrospectives from something. But nicely, because I operate on a behind everything schedule, <laughs> we gave ourselves six extra weeks to work on our retrospective because of the way that our seasons are aligned. So what right. what do we want to yeah. look at from season three? And what do we want to do at the f- during the end of season three to prepare for season four? Well, I think, and I had wanted to do this last year. Didn't really get there. We need to, we need to schedule out. I think that we should schedule out each month. Basically, we do a project around one of our greatest hits. Okay. Like here's this thing, Gaussian mixture mm-hmm. models. Okay, we're gonna devote May to Gaussian mixture models. Like basically the method on one side, maybe a month for scraping, hmm. a month for a specific statistical method. And then on the other plane, we either, we do one of two things. One is that we say for each thing that we do, we're looking for player types, certain player types or certain, um, more game theory stuff. Like, like we, we pick what those we have horizontally, horizontally, sorry. Horizontally, we have our greatest hits. We're going to do each one of those each mm-hmm. month. Okay. And then vertically, within each month, we have we have to decide, are we going to do the same thing for each one of these mm. topics? So, like, we have scraping. And then for scraping is greatest hits. That's May. And then over that, we're going to do here's Bestardo identification. Here's stolen base identification. Here's a game theory application. Here's um, an advanced um, example. Or do we think about it maybe as like, you know, for each one of those specific greatest hits, we then figure out what the subtopics are or like a project within that that we work on over that time period. Okay. I... Yeah, I like where that's going, and I just, right, so we want to have that all set before, even before we embark on season four, so that's something that we need to do in the next six weeks as well. I like the, I do like the greatest hits idea, and I think that we've generated enough greatest hits to do that. I think we can also block off at least a month for, at least a month, maybe two, envisioning a future project, like something that we haven't even, something that we haven't even worked on yet at all yeah yeah we could do that too okay okay yeah applications examples subtopics 
things that whether we want to keep them consistent. No, I like I like this idea. I think that's the way that we should be mapping out be mapping out this season. That is going to really prep us to be even more of data scientists than we've been. All right. So we want to have that ready to go for February 11th, basically. So we can so we can roll yeah, it all out. So we can So I would say that January is probably our best bet for wrapping the uh, rankings. Let's wrap the rankings over the next couple of weeks. Let's use February to plan out okay. season four. This has been a good meta level planning. <laughs> so I'm showing that pitchers and catchers report on the 12th of February, which is amazing because I feel like we've actually had a relatively short off season. It feels like a relatively short off season. Yeah, well, it's, oh my God, there's so much work on that. I guess that's work. what made it, made the off season feel all the shorter. That and I'm just going to say it. The Vikings not being terrible. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's it. Uh, and then, basically, we also want to make sure that once we've heard on Sloan that we block out some, some run-up. Because some of if, – if we get a talk at Sloan, big fingers crossed here, then February will basically be out the window and we'll be working on that. <laughs> True. True. Exactly, but we're talking about prep for next season in February, so that's why it's pretty nice mm-hmm. that it's kind of loose. I get well, that's the first half. Yep, right. You know me; I'll do everything last second. I know, I know. No, I know. I know that's how it will all work out, but it'll it'll be fine. I'm not worried. We, I think, the good thing about this doing the paper, and people probably don't even want to hear about the paper now. They're like, okay, we had the break. You, you guys are back, and I'm going to talk about the paper still. We talked so much about it that it was all about really just getting it on yeah. the page. It was, as I said, it was birthing oh, the yeah. paper rather than, I don't know, being Michael, Michelangelo cutting Great. away at a yeah. block of marble. Yeah. <laughs> Man, okay. Your metaphors, buddy, but fine. No, I, I agree with that. So, I I mean, is your point basically that we can use January and while we're working on wrapping these rankings to sort of celebrate the things that we actually did, <laughs> the actual results. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I sort of think January organically we're going to discuss the good things in the paper and the things that we learned because we'll have to talk about them as we're building this application. Yeah. I mean, inherently, you know, it's it's really funny because during all of this, during all of the paperwork, we didn't actually produce the 2020 rankings yet like the definitive ones in part because i was afraid that we would want to actually change things like the ordering before we before we went out and made them public well because there's a difference between the rankings and between the product that we talked about totally agree which is a whole nother there's a there's like putting on a fantasy layer to get to the rankings (laughs) and you're right that i mean there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of um game theory behind that yeah i mean I think that's the thing that we didn't have any of last year. We, I just, I mean, I really slapped something together that told you that put them in order, but it was not by any means a draft guide. And that's more what we're looking for. Yeah. I think we should put a pin in our review session, but note that we're, but actually prepare (laughs) ourselves for it next week. Let's watch Trey Mancini. Poor Trey Mancini. We've had like roughly, hopefully no one's actually also watching in the run-up to listening to our pods. You've been watching Trey Mancini for four weeks. 
I'm everybody is. Oh, I get it. Who, who is it? Oh, Trey Mancini. Oh, yeah. Let me See? go watch a little bit. Of there YouTube we go. And actually, it'll be pretty rewarding because Trey Mancini isn't the worst to watch, in the sense that it's both hilarious and a little sad. Trey Mancini. All right. We'll get to you next time. All right. Then time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mindland Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.